welcome to episode 245 of the Customer Support Leaders Podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. Today, welcome Valentina Turner for a fireside chat. I would like to welcome back to the podcast today, Valentina Turner. Val, lovely to have you back. Last time we spoke, it was your birthday week, I think, in February. Exactly. And yeah, and I just saw a very, very um, amazing video of you on LinkedIn this week where you finally got to celebrate said birthday. Do you want to uh, share with those people who might not have seen that video <laughs> what you were doing? So because I'm the Empress of Remote. Of course, I need suitable attire. And because my girlfriend is a seamstress and works at the opera, she gave me for my birthday a full-blown empress dress, like with a crinoline mm. underneath with like several skirts, one over the other. So even though Omicron, which was the reason I had to move it to May, isn't around that much anymore, still everybody had to keep their distance with that dress because of the <laughs> because of the skirt like you couldn't get like over one one 1.5 meters close to me and wow. then there was this trampoline on the on the ground where we did the party and somebody said oh i bet you can't really go with this dress onto the trampoline and this is this is becoming like a topic of my life because i'm wearing a tiara because somebody told me i bet you would never wear that at a conference mm-hmm. here we are mm-hmm. so of course i i got onto the trampoline and i have a really cute slow motion video of that that I uploaded to to LinkedIn and to be honest like jumping on a trampoline with heels is a feat in itself but it was more difficult to squeeze through the hole in the trampoline oh, because they in have the this, net yeah, yeah the exactly you have this net. net so that you don't fall down oh my goodness that, that's quite an achievement in itself absolutely that's but yeah we funny. had a blast I can very much recommend if you are born if you were born in February and when you want to do an outdoor party I can absolutely recommend May yeah yeah recommend a different month <laughs> like the Queen of England like she has a different birthday celebration exactly exactly seems seems fair to me I, I think everyone with. yeah 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 I I'm all for that um well I'm I'm glad you had such a good time it, it looked an absolute blast and uh well done on getting through the little hole in the net like oh, the I had so much fun. proverbial camel and the eye of a needle or something there oh yeah <laughs> Um, that's awesome. But welcome back to talk about something a bit more um, serious um, insofar as it's work instead of being <laughs> on a trampoline. Uh, but thank you so much for coming back. And uh, we're here to talk about teams today, aren't we? Yes, actually. So I'm it's work, but I also use this with everybody else around me. So it's not mm. only work. So um, about, I think, five years ago, I read a book, which is called The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin, mm-hmm. um, which is a very, very short personality test that basically just tells you what motivates you. Mm. And it's a test that's quick and dirty enough that you can do it with all your teammates in a team meeting, takes like 10 minutes and you get four results not like 16 different personality types and then you never know where where to start (laughs) because it's it's just about motivation what gets you out of bed in the morning or what gets your team members out of bed in the morning and especially if you're in a remote setting this understanding what motivates your people to come to work is actually super helpful not only in terms of giving them extra motivation, but rather how you frame the information that you give them or how you frame the things you ask of them 
so that they can respond to it without it becoming an internal struggle. So the baseline is you can either be externally motivated. Somebody told you that you have to do something or internally. You decided that you're going to, I don't know, meditate every morning, Mm -hmm. a new New Year's resolution. If that was your New Year's resolution and you're still meditating, you're very internally motivated. Well done. people are not. (laughs) (laughs) Frankly, I think New Year's resolutions, if you're still doing them on January 17th, well done. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you still remember yours today, well done. Yeah, very true. Very true. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I always use a theme for the year. I've, I've long ago stopped mm. to do any specific, um, specific, what's the name? Resolutions. Mm. Name. Mostly because by the time March comes around, my resolutions aren't applicable anymore. Because what I thought oh, was sure. the most important thing in January suddenly in March wasn't. Has changed significantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also a really bad time to do resolutions, actually, mm-hmm. when you're coming out of the Christmas haze and yep. you're, and work is likely to be super busy and there's just a bunch, whole bunch of other new stuff about to mm-hmm. hit you anyway for the new year. Yeah. Why make it harder? Yep. Anyway. And that brings us to the I'm a questioner. So basically mm. you have you can be externally motivated which means in, in, in the speak of this uh, test, you are an obliger. You basically oblige to what is brought to you out, um, outside. Outer expectations, this is what gets you moving. These mm-hmm. people need accountability. Like mm. they tell their friends, I'm going to do this. And then because they know their friends are watching, they are doing uh-huh. it. I'm a questioner, which means I'm, only, only, I'm mostly internally motivated. That means if I see that something is worth doing, I'm going to do it. If mm. I don't see the point, I have a very hard time doing it. Mm-hmm. And having questioners on the team, even myself being a questioner, because they question <laughs> everything, mm-hmm. because they want to understand what's behind it. So if you have another questioner on your team, like make sure that you give them all the information that explains the why of whatever you want them to do. Also, don't take their questions personally. Personally, is, right? Mm. As a questioner, I've done my research. Mm-hmm. I've done all the research. And now another questioner comes along and says, well, but why? And I'm like, I've just spent three weeks researching this. How dare you questioning me? <laughs> so in that case, it helps to actually like transmit what you found out to these people. Mm-hmm. Then you have upholders. They are both internally and externally motivated. So it doesn't really matter which strategy um, mm-hmm. you use. Though upholders usually don't understand why other people can't do what they said they would be doing. Ah, interesting. Because they don't like, why would you, you said you would be doing this by Friday. And why, why would you like, what? Mm. Like complete lack of understanding why that could be a problem for someone else. And then you have rebels. They are, they would love to do things, but they rebel against themselves. So no external or internal motivation. In their case, you have to think very much outside the box and um, tell them the options they have so that they can mm-hmm. pick something that doesn't sound like they should be doing it. That's kind of the the nutshell. Most people in customer support, interestingly enough, are obligers in my Mm. experience. Mm. So you tell them what needs to be done and they get it done, which is amazing to like get things Deliver, yeah, yeah. For for new ideas and to actually think through your own assumptions, questioners are actually more interesting Mm -hmm. because Mm. they're not going to let you off the hook. Mm. Not because they don't like you, 
mm. because they need to understand in order to act. And like what I really like about this framework there's if you search for quiz for tendencies online you're going to find a test that you can do yourself and with your with your team is that it really like gets it to the what do you need to get to do things what motivates you mm. and it's like i don't care care well i do care but it's not really relevant was what your your purpose in life is 25 years for now if you're on a support team like we need to figure out how we're going to get to our goal this week mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so the many of the personality goals are kind of for day-to-day -day work they are great to learn more things about you but they are not super practical yes yeah, yeah. while what motivates you actually can help me to adjust it's really my... digestible isn't it it's like just and it and it it's very in the moment because motivation carries moment to moment i think yep. rather yep. than I might be motivated to do towards a big goal, but even even if I'm the character type that has a big goal that I want to achieve 10 years from now, that is made up of small motivations all the time, mm. small yeah. steps towards, and you have to have the motive. You have to understand how you're going to achieve the small steps mm -hmm. or how anyone on your team is going to achieve that quarter's OKR or something. That, yeah, yeah. You know, you're waiting for even those sort of medium-term goals kind of... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then for some people, you will have to break down why these OKRs are important. Yeah. Which sometimes means that you yourself have to actually be really clear, clear why the OKRs are important. Very true. Very so true. So it helps you to like question your own underlying ideas mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And others just want them to say, hey, do X amount of tickets per week and you're good. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting how I think some people just have an easier time to work with one of type of person than with another type of person. Sure. Yeah. And sure. once you understand, maybe you're just clashing because your type of, yeah, like you, you motivate in different ways. So you want to offer them accountability while they don't care for accountability. Then it might makes the working together much, mm, mm. much more harmonious. I, and I think, as you said, kind of um, understanding the motivation understands how, somebody's understands why somebody's helps you understand why somebody's projecting in a certain way as mm -hmm. well as you said it's not it's not only about the relationships but that that interested me what you said about maybe don't take a question as questions personally mm -hmm. you know um because it would be really easy to if you if you feel an, an overt level of challenge you mm -hmm. know you could get your heckles up when actually you just think this is this is what is motivating this person mm -hmm. right is understanding um to move and i think forward. especially for new leader being questioned is something very difficult to handle mm, very true so very if you true. understand they're not questioning you in your position as the team mm. lead mm. they just need the information so that they can then put the information into their own mental framework mm. Yeah. Did you um just in terms of your personal experience with this with these um these four types? Um did you were you surprised by your own type first of all? Uh actually I thought I was more of an upholder. Mm. But usually what I understood what I understood over the years is that I may look like an upholder but I'm just very good in translating what somebody expects from me into my own expectations. Ah, okay. That makes sense. That makes mm -hmm. sense. And also now I'm at a moment in my career where I can question others without being punished for it. Mm -hmm. That makes a big difference. Yeah. yeah. 
And like yeah. at the beginning of your career, <clears throat> also because of stereotypes, like if you question a lot as a woman, you are more seen as insecure and you don't know what you what you mm -hmm. do, what you want. And now or challenging or challenging, yeah. right? Overtly challenging and therefore mm -hmm. difficult in inverted mm -hmm. quotes. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think there I'm becoming wiser or people are more afraid of me or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I tend yeah. to question a lot, but then when I have the answers, like for me, it's then easy to basically reframe it so that it's in my, in my own interest to get things done that others also mm -hmm. want to get done. That makes sense. That makes sense. And so have you had, uh, have you had everyone on your team sort of yes, complete the quiz? I, I usually do this on the, on the first one-on-one -on -one or second one-on-one -on -one that we have. So mm -hmm. there are like two tests that I love to do. This one is one that I love to do in one-on-ones. And then the love language test. Mm. That one, I love to do it as a team and then translate the love languages into a work environment. Because mm. like if your love language is words of affirmation, for me as a team lead, it's good to know that you like really like to be like praised in public mm. because it's the way you, you recognize that you're being appreciated. Mm. While physical touch is not something that's appropriate in an office environment and no. not something that's possible in a remote environment. Mm. So the question is like how, and this is very interesting to do with teams because they kind of get the sentiment behind and then each team translates these things in different ways. And I have to can, know how you translate physical touch into rem a remote professional environment. What do you do instead? It's it's usually something to do with either sensory input. So mm. sending somebody, for example, uh, food vouchers. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. no, specific specific songs that could be great for them. Oh, to interesting. Work. Ah, okay. So oh, that's awesome it, idea. Yeah. And it sometimes overlaps with the um, quality time. Hmm. So that you like really mix between quality time and acts of service, but yet to, to do something that basically engages the sensory, sensory senses, is that a thing? Uh, of <laughs> the senses of the, of the person. Um, yeah. Yeah. That sort of virtual hug of a bit of peace. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. That's uh -huh. nice. And yeah. then you have like one thing that you can do in your one-on-ones, then you know how to motivate the people. And then you do the, the other one, the love languages, it, work appropriate in your mm -hmm. team meeting and it actually can create a very positive spiral of because now everybody knows how the others respond to encouragement because mm. if you are somebody who loves to like uh words of affirmation but the other person is somebody who really thrives on acts on service and you only tell them how amazing they are they don't feel appreciated because for them it would be much more meaningful that you pick up something for them and make their lives easier. So like just by knowing what other people need in order to thrive and knowing that on a team level and not just on a one-on-one -on -one level can mm. kind of level up the, how, how people interact in the team. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That makes complete sense. That makes complete sense. Um, and when you, when you carry out the, the, the quiz in one, in that first or second one to one, um, and you establish which of the four tendencies someone tends to operate inside. Do you then, is that something that your the rest of the team would have visibility to? Like, do, do you use that to establish sort of greater harmony across the team in it addition depends. to between you and that individual? It mm. depends because, so what I usually, I do the quiz 
No, first, I, I, we read or we look at the definitions of each of these four times. And interesting enough, most people already know just by reading the description. Mm, like they mm. see, and then we just do the quiz to basically confirm or whether you were between two types, which one is more predominant. Mm -hmm. And then I explain what my type is and how this has um, played out in, in my working with other people and how this is actually visible in my user guide. Like, so I have like a readme page usually mm -hmm. at work mm -hmm. where you can read stuff like what are my co-working hours, how you can get hold of me and that you should never call me on my phone, these kind mm -hmm. of things. <laughs> and then um, we always encourage people to create their own readme or their own user guide. And then they can disclose whatever they want to disclose into mm -hmm. in, in that user guide. And many people then actually put this in whether they, it's, they need accountability or not. Mm, or whether mm. they need explanations or whether it doesn't really matter what, what comes with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, I have, um, and this is just extending away from the four tendencies a little bit, but I have mixed feelings about the kind of user guides and the manual of me's and things like that, you know. Mm. The, I, um, I, can, I can see huge benefits, you know, like knowing never to call you on your phone. Super, super useful bit of information. Mm. If I was to work at Klaus, I would never call Val. Right? <laughs> because I think I'd be fired. Like that's the yeah. only reason. Why I, right? <laughs> I mean, whatever the reasons, you know, like you said, you call working hours or like, I really hate, please don't ever give me public praise. Like a few of these things are like really mm. good to know. Um, and yet on the other hand, in this, I think in some ways, um, much as you said at the start of this, like when you think about other personality typings for mm. instance mbti where we break down into 16 and then mm -hmm. then you have you know whatever 16 to the power of 16 is like <laughs> possible combinations <laughs> and like figuring out how you should relate to everyone based on all these subtleties within their mm -hmm. personality i think is also um one of the one of the conflicts i have one of the things i haven't quite reconciled yet is if everybody in a media like if you're an organization of five people that's fine but in a medium-sized organization even it becomes quite a challenge if everyone has their own manual and mm -hmm. everyone has to go and kind of consult how to speak to Val how to contact mm -hmm. Val when's Valera like um, and 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 you know if that is completely at conflict with my own needs like how you find how you find the overlap I mean, we're humans, I guess we have to find compromises, but, mm -hmm. but also like just the, I also worry about the overhead in having to kind of understand how every single individual in my organization wants to be kind of mm -hmm. worked with, communicated with and, and related to. So I, I think for me, that's a, the little thing I haven't quite reconciled about user guides or manuals of, of me, those kind of things. Where, for which me, is, they are conversation starters, nothing mm, more. Like mm. if I don't read every, well, I do because I'm curious, but mo like I wouldn't recommend to read everybody's user guide, especially if you are more than, I don't know, 20 people in the organization. Yeah. yeah. Um, but before I go into a one-in-one -one with someone, I've never had a one-in-one -one before. I like to read through the user, to their readme or user guide or whatever, and see what I can pick up in there that I find interesting. Mm. Because there's usually a little bit of personality in there that's not visible from only their Slack profile. Yes, that's very true. And that's even if true. something, for example, on my my user guide says my core working hours are 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. 
Like that's the hours where I will always be available for for meetings. Mm-hmm. Mostly because it slots in with all the time zones that we have, and mm-hmm. because at the weeks that I have the kids, like I have a hard stop at four, so mm-hmm. I know that I can't stay longer than 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 four p.m. Um, but it's only three hours, so it's an interesting mm-hmm. to see, like because sometimes new hires in the first one and one with me, they are like, "What? Like, are you a half time or something?" And then I explain <laughs> them that I actually very often also do split days, or I do some hours before the kids wake up, or if I don't have the kids, I only start at twelve, but I then then work late. That I like to have the flexibility, but I also want to give people the opportunity that they know in these hours they can always book themselves into my calendar and the the world doesn't end and that Mm. way we have already started a conversation about what Mm. are the expected work hours so by putting some things in there it's not like plus these things are also not written in stone that's very true that is so as like i Apart from there's one rule that's written in soul. Don't just write high and slack and then disappear. Like <laughs> yes. t- just tell me what you want. <laughs> but apart everything else, it will always then shift with the person that you're talking to. Like yeah. there are people where I would I will never run over when it comes to the time because I know there's who and then there are other people where we have like a 30 minute call booked and then we end up um I don't know dissecting every single thing in our product onboarding and end up talking for two hours and that's fine Mm -hmm. which doesn't really align with the fact that I'm supposed to be very German on time and tagged (laughs) to my calendar so but I like it and that's also why the there is from GitLab Darren's readme is like I don't know five pages and then if you click through every link you have like I don't know the Bible, which I think it's a lot and can be a little bit overwhelming. But if you yes. manage to put like the most important things about you into like on half a page or one page so that whoever who's going for the first time into a meeting with you probably already super nervous because they have no idea who you are, that they then get like kind of the the most important bits and something personal where they can then like tag onto and start a conversation because otherwise we are only going to talk about the weather and Omicron and I'm really tired of these two conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. That's very true. Um, I, I, I think that, um, I think you make some interesting points there. Definitely it's not set in stone. And, and yeah, the idea that, I mean, even if you're a even if you're a, an organization of 150 or a thousand and five hundred or more, yeah, maybe these user guides you only you only read. You're not um, going to talk and, and, with everyone. You read. Yeah, you're like, to talk to. And, and the people you relate to most. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. yeah, and uh, yeah, and interestingly, perhaps the new people more than mm-hmm. the people that you've been working with for ages. I, mm-hmm. There are people who you know, if I've worked with them for ten years, I really don't need to know. If they've exactly. suddenly suddenly created a, a user guide, like it's not yeah. really going to change our relationship. Yeah, yeah. And for new people, it can be a really interesting resource, for example, to figure out whom am I going to approach for this. There are like three salespeople and I really want a demo. Whom of these looks like I can connect with easiest? Because mm. of something that we haven't... Oh, he also does rock climbing. Perfect. I'm going to choose this person. Not because mm. he's a better or worse salesperson, but because at least I know that it won't be awkward five minutes at the beginning because we already have top. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that idea, actually. Um, yeah. Brilliant. You've also got oh, me... Oh, and it's, it's, it's because I think it's very much inspired by the whole remote thing. Because mm. if we weren't remote, we probably wouldn't have user guides because you would just run into people in the office. 
Yes, but the good old water have, cooler. <laughs> yeah, I'm always looking for ways. How can we, how can we create conversations to happen? Like, how can we create the serendipity that people can actually have reasons to reach out to each other, even if it's because of a silly quote that was on some user guide? If that, if one new connection is created because of that, it has already served its purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I, I also, um, I came across uh, uh, several years ago, uh, the concept of a now page, which I think is, is kind oh, of Derek interesting Sievers. one. Yes, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Like just the idea of what am I doing right now? What are my mm -hmm. priorities right now? What am I working yeah. on right now? What's mm -hmm. my, what's my, how, what, what's my state of being, you know, how mm -hmm. am I feeling? Uh, yeah. I really like that idea as well, because mm -hmm. I think that, and I think that sits quite nicely as a section in or as or, yeah. or alongside a manual either me, that you know? or you need to update regularly update your your manual me. yeah so mm -hmm. i i have a my manual at, at work i may i suppose i update i look at it once a quarter or something mm -hmm. but that's also because as head of remote i speak with every new hire so i know that they are going to look at my page so i want it to be reasonably adequate yeah yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> accurate my i also have a personal user guide for like friends and family or people that come into my social circle. Do you, do you put and that your one? I update every month almost. Oh, interesting. Do you put your tendency on there? Which, which of the yes. four tendencies you are? Yes. Okay. Okay. Please share that with me. <laughs> oh, it's very, this one is very, very, though maybe, maybe we are oh, maybe now on a level where I can sell, where, where I can. I don't know. Well, don't, don't feel it either. There, like there is a, on my <laughs> website, there is a 100, 101 things you didn't know about me page though, mm. that I also update once a year or something. Where you okay. okay. So the one the five years I'll ago said I'm married, that, the one now says I'm not married. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough yeah yeah uh no I, I that that's um that's great I, and actually like the um the the um dormant engineer in me is <laughs> kind of thinking about how I can automate a, a user guide you know if I can because there's stuff in Jira that I'm working on Right. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder, I wonder, like I have projects running in Jira. I wonder, I'm already thinking, can I create like a confluence page that is yeah, like. Yeah, so that does just feeds out of your active tickets. Just, yes. <laughs> this is your, so active, it has, your active epics. Yeah. So it pulls, it pulls some basic, like it pulls stuff from my calendar. It gets mm -hmm. my, my active epics and a, and a little bit of a, like a manual at the top. You can probably sell that app. I feel like it must already exist, right? Or, or that, yeah. Yeah, sadly. I think most things have already <laughs> been invented. Uh, if they haven't, listeners, uh, that's my copyright. That one's mine. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you mention and send, uh, send the, the commission or whatever. Royal Royalties gratefully received, <laughs> royalties, yeah. Exactly. 50-50. <laughs> Actually, like, I, I have my... my uh, we use Notion. And I have a Kanban board with everything that I'm working on. And then it mm. moves over there. So that also gives somebody like an idea about, which, because it's kind of the, I have my very granular to-do list, but like that wouldn't help anyone. Yeah. But then the bigger yeah. projects, those I have them in Notion so that everybody can, can follow along. And I know some people actually look at those, even though it has nothing to do with them. And then sometimes mm. I get like pings from people. Hey, I saw you worked on XYZ. 
I right? think, I think that's I think that's really interesting because I'm I'm thinking like what am I doing right now? And so for instance, like for instance, we just implemented CSAT. You may or may mm-hmm. not be like we yeah. just use class CSAT, right? We just implemented it. It would be quite interesting, I think, for most of my organization to spot, oh, support or like developing yeah. CSAT and like they're getting that's a conversation piece mm-hmm. as well. And like those big like like you say, those kind of epic level. Yeah. Um uh that sort of epic granularity that big mm-hmm. project granularity is probably interesting yeah in terms of what people are working on yeah and even if you about. have like a lot of open slack channels and you you always say oh people can like partake into the the conversation but there are so many conversations going on oh, yeah. that if there is a page where you can just see like very high level mm. what's being worked on Mm. and what is worked on by a person because the thing is if you look at what is being worked on on a department level you still don't know whom to talk to very true because i do have that on our confluence page right now oh, we yeah. just we just Most use it companies yeah. have that yeah but, but, but we then, just have like we just use the jira plugin into confluence mm. that says here's, here's our kanban here's what we're doing right now but yeah mm. but at a personal level that's quite interesting to do yeah yeah the thing is i want people to talk to each other yeah Because in the end, it's the conversations that we have that create company culture and that create connection. Very true. So whatever excuse we can find to have people talk to each other, be it on uh, via chat or on a Zoom call, but like have people exchange information one-on-one, preferably also some memes from time to time. I, well, I think the the last thing you just said could be a meme in its own right. It's the conversations that we have that create our company culture. I feel mm-hmm. like that is a super end point for this conversation because mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I think that's going to be the headline quote. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we got it. Got that in the bag. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, it was quite a meandering conversation, but didn't we cover a lot? Cover a lot. And uh, As thank usual. You. always, always. Thank you so much. I'm going to go and do the test. What 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 do you think I am? Huh, probably I would put you into upholder. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I think I know what I think I know what I would be. I think I would be a questioner. I think I think I'd be quite close to you. I think I would be a questioner yeah. who somehow presents as an upholder a lot yeah. of the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that and that we are many people also think I'm an upholder. So in that yeah. case we're yeah. very similar. <laughs> <laughs> we weasel our way through the world as upholders <laughs> and then we question everything. <laughs> Very disconcerting, very disconcerting, I can imagine. I'm going to go and do the test. I'll let you know. There you go. <laughs> Thank you Thank so you. much for joining me, Val. Talk to you again soon. Bye. That's it for today. Go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 245 for the show notes. And I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.